Exciting times here on the podcast. Our uh, very first sponsor. It's official. Who do we got? Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Ender Wallets. It's one of their popular wallets. It's called the Ranger. It's got full vintage, full grain, crazy horse leather. Holds up to 10 cards. Pull tab functionality for easy access, RFID protection, and one-year warranty. And right now you can get 15% off using code LATER15. That's LATER15. Check them out at andorwallets.com slash later. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put the link down in the description. It's one of these slim wallets. You know, you can pull the card out real quick. We're all using something. I, I think I got it. I got it right here, Will. I got it on oh, the desk. Using. I'm actually using okay. it. Anyway, uh, yeah, very exciting. Uh, if you want to sponsor the podcast, I don't know. Email Will. Yeah, hit me up. What What is your, uh, what is it? Will at lulater.com? Yeah. Yeah, hit up Will. I don't know. Sponsored podcast. It's eh. We got people. We got, uh, you're listening. You're watching. Exciting times. A uh, couple of things to talk about today. I want to kick it off with a rumor emerging. It's the usual suspect, Ming-Chi Kuo, iPhone SE 2 with iPhone 8 design, A13 Bionic chip, 3 gigs of RAM launching spring 2020. So he uh, he's making a claim. You know, this guy's always out there speculating. That's what he does. Oh, Professional yeah. speculator. Uh, that, that, that Apple's not done with bringing the iPhone down in cost, at least with the, with the new models. They did so, of course, with the 11. It came below where the 10R retailed for last year. Uh, but but presumably here, if 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 he's to be believed, they're going to go even further into the budget segment with something currently dubbed the SE2. Now I don't know if anyone remembers the SE anymore. Well, sure you do. It's an iconic, based on the iPhone 5 design, the the boxy looking thing. Uh, it's not going to look like that. It's just that that was that budget phone. That was Apple's play at a more inexpensive iPhone when it launched the original version of the SE. Of course, you can find those things now for... I saw them at Costco. I saw a huge okay. pallet of iPhone SEs at Costco. Uh, so they're still floating around. But anyhow, apparently this SE2, the 2020 version, will feature an iPhone 8-style chassis and up-to-date internals. So... Really what the play here is, according to the speculation, is for Apple to finally compel the remaining iPhone 6 users, of which there are a ton. That was a crazy popular iPhone, the iPhone 6. A, t a lot of people upgrade. I think it's still number one. I don't know. It's like a I don't remember the, the figures. It was on Wikipedia. I looked at it fairly recently. People are hanging on. You see them out and about. You're out in the world, Will. Mm -hmm. You are. Me. Yeah, you're out in the world. Yeah, sometimes. And uh, you're reading sponsorships now, so. <laughs> That's what I do now. <laughs> That's my life. But you guy like you, you're out, you're out in the world and uh, living your life, and you see iPhone 6s still surviving. People replace batteries. They hang yeah. A lot of Frankenstein iPhone 6s replaced the screen because it cracked. People are hanging on. They're making they them like work. They like that design. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's a simple, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Mm -hmm. It's fine by me. But Apple, it's not fine by them because, of course, eventually they want you to upgrade so they can they can cash those checks. That's what they do at the end of the day. So apparently this is that target. According to reports, there are 100 million people still using the iPhone 6, and they haven't been compelled up until this point 
to go for the premium spectrum of iPhone options, including the latest 11, 11 Pro. Maybe a few of them pick up the 11, which, of course, has that lower retail price. But the remainder, maybe, are, are looking for different options. Also, of course, you know me. I'm looking at the global perspective. I imagine that if they can bring it in at this rumored $399 price point, that's just going to be an aggressive price point. So if Ming-Chi is right on that, now you have a play in other markets, India and so forth, price-conscious markets that are looking for Apple options at those prices. They want that Apple logo, but they don't want the Apple price tag. And we all know the Apple price tag. It's well-established at this point. So some other specs here. Uh, apparently, it'll have a 4.7-inch screen, which is the same screen you would have had on an iPhone 8. So it'll, it'll embody the... I mean, the form factor will probably be identical to the current generation iPhone 8, if this is to be believed. Uh, the SE, if you have that frame in your frame of mind, if you remember that way, it was a four-inch screen. So bigger than that, more typical iPhone, more in the wheelhouse of the 8, 7, and 6. Uh, those that, that line of iPhones that kept it that way for a while. So uh, do I think it will work? You know what? I kind of do. I kind of do because... I think there's a lot of people that want to give a shot, want to have a taste of the Apple ecosystem, want to take a bite out of the Apple. Kirk's always got all the various apples. You bring them in. It's like, hey, Lou, try out. Uh, I got the new sweet Kentucky. Yeah. That's not an apple. but He's a big apple. They guy. got all the fancy gala, royal, something or other. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, What's your favorite? Honey, honey crisp is all you really need. And there it is. It's right at the top. Pink Lady I've had. I mean, there's some that are... I don't know who's eating Red Delicious, for example. They must not be human. Anyway, it's a whole thing. You don't need to know. It's a whole... The Apple thing's a whole thing. Nonetheless, you, there's a lot of people who never had the opportunity to jump into any of Apple's environment just because of how cost prohibitive the new models have always been. And even the secondary market, you try to buy a used one, you know, the value is... The cost is still up there. So anything with modern internal specifications below $400 is going to make some waves if they can actually hit that price point. And you know Apple is considering it because they went lower with the iPhone 11 launch. So they're paying attention. They're starting to listen to, to the market, not just guys like us, but to the market and what the market's doing. I have another story uh, which is going to build on this which seems to indicate that that might be the case with the more budget-oriented iPhone model that currently launched the iPhone 11. Mm -hmm. uh, so getting to that, I mean, go right in. I mean, flow right into it. What do they call that when you... when you? Uh, that's a segue. Yeah. There was a segue there, but is it a segue if it's obviously just the same topic or such a similar? I don't know. I think a good segue actually takes you from one topic to another topic. And no, it's not spelt segue like the thing you ride, Willie do. So that's rude, first of all, the fact that you did that. But maybe you're just playing a joke on us. Can you guess? Let's get, give Willie do a I, shot uh, here at spelling segue the way I'm speaking of it. I, I believe I know how it's spelled, but let's give Willie sure? do another shot here. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm we're gonna, all waiting here, Will. Go ahead. Say E? No, you're way off here. You're dead. <laughs> I believe it's U-E, S-E-G-U-E. No, no, why? Just U E. Oh, oh, what do you? Oh, wow! This is a sidetrack. This show's a disaster. There you go. So you wouldn't have guessed that. 
An un- uninterrupted transition from one piece of music or film scene to another. See, no, I, I feel like I'm still on the same topic, so I don't believe I used it correctly in that sense. Nonetheless, we're moving to a slightly different variation of the original topic. iPhone 11 production ramped up by 10%. Uh, it seems Apple's new iPhone lineup is enjoying higher than expected demand. Well, this is, of course, coming via GSM Arena. Higher than expected, or was Apple conservative with the original order? We, of course, don't know as outsiders looking in, but it does. It obviously is a better sign than slowing down the supply chain, as we have heard with previous releases where Apple maybe overestimated the initial run. That appears to not be the case for the iPhone 11. The they're looking for increased production capacity of an estimated 10%. This is coming via Japanese financial outlet, the Nik- Nikkei, Nikkei, Nikkei. Uh, that amounts to seven to eight million units expected, with the majority being the standard iPhone 11. So, uh, sucking some of the production facility from the Pro Max or Pro, which you know they got the they're the pricey ones, mm-hmm. so you have to assume the volume there, not to the same degree. So most of the focus here going to the standard iPhone 11, and I think that that makes sense, and I think that builds on what I was talking about previously, where we're in a marketplace now where I feel like the real the real considerations are happening mostly around cost instead of features. Mm-hmm. That the cost cost is the new feature. People are very price sensitive. And there's so many options now that you can really do cost shopping. And I think Apple made a good decision to launch that iPhone 11 standard model at a lower price than last year's 10R. And I think they're they're uh, obviously reaping some of the rewards having done so. And also, of course, the other thing worth mentioning is that the, the U.S. government postponed that 10% tariff, which may have contributed to the higher demand because, of course, it keeps the cost down as an overall type of thing. The other potential component in this in this uh, improvement in iPhone sales or, or at least positive figures in iPhone 11 sales, this increase in production, is potentially how well iPhone 11 is doing in India. So apparently there were, like, there were lineups, actual physical... Apple lineups, people waiting in India, I don't know if you can find any photos, to purchase the iPhone 11 in person, as well as the most popular e-commerce places in India. You have Flipkart, you have Amazon as well there, running out of stock in record time on the iPhone 11. Now, as you know, well, we've covered the Indian market extensively, traveled there. Uh, I'm very curious about it. I find, or at least for me, it acts as this indicator from a smartphone competition perspective as to as to what's going on on the forefront it's kind of the for me at least it's the what do they call that it's the front line mm. i feel like india is the front line of the smartphone wars as they as they are i mean i don't want to refer to it as wars it's competition it's a beautiful thing but i feel like there's a lot to be there's a lot we can extract over here from what's happening in india as far as adoptions concerned platforms are concerned, Android, iPhone, and so forth. Now, that's one of those markets where Apple has not gotten a lot of traction in the past because of that cost prohibitiveness of their various devices. The iPhone 11 is still expensive in India. When converted, it's around 920 bucks. It's more money there still than here. 
uh, presumably because that model's not made there and there's the duties associated and all the other government stuff. But still, it's still substantially cheaper than last year's iPhone XR, which was $170 more than that in the local mm. market and still way less than, say, for example, the iPhone X or XS or any, any, any of those series leading up to this one. The other thing I feel like is from, a, I feel like iPhone 11 is way better branding than iPhone XR. Right. Like the like the 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 10R thing, it kind of felt like. Now, obviously, this isn't what they meant by. It. I don't, people speculated on what the R letter meant, but for me, it's like refurbished. Right. For me, it's like recovery, repair, mm -hmm. uh, recycled. Yeah. I mean, almost. I'm just saying words that start with R right now that are that might not be perceived as positive, but point being, point I'm trying to make, you put the letter on the end. And it's not an S, which is what the other models got. And it just feels inferior. Mm -hmm. As opposed to what you do with the iPhone 11 marketing, you go, okay, there's a pro model. Fine, it's pro. It's extra. You don't need it. It's extra. And the main attraction, the iPhone 11. That's mm -hmm. a nice title. So they're done with the R, you think? I don't know. I would be if I was them. I would be if I was them. I think that 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 that's some some weird branding situation, and I, I don't know. Look, I don't. I think people want to feel like they're a part of the same club. I think people want to feel like they're not getting a subpar product. They want to feel like they're in the in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think the 11 branding and then the 11 Pro as the extra does a better job of making the case that it's the same product, and that some people can choose to pay for extra, as opposed to the other way around where you have the budget model. And everyone knows it's the budget model. Anyhow, you know, it's just speculate. I'm just a guy. Yes. I'm just a man. You are. I'm living on planet. I'm on planet Earth. 34 years. I've done it. It's 2019. We made it, Willie Do. Mm -hmm. What a time to be alive. It's been a minute since I said that. That's what the kids say. It's been a minute. Not a second. Not an hour. A minute. Oh, to be clear. Yeah, it's important that you know that. You got to stay up on that. So anyway, this one is selling better than the 10R did. Uh, it's coming in at that more attractive price point, still expensive. I think Apple can still go lower in India and still do better. But nonetheless, initial feedback on this, not just in India, but in general, as far as that uh, increase in production on the 11, seems to me to indicate that the iPhone 11 is the one getting the attention in global markets and none of this fancy pro stuff. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I can't say I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I can't. When I w was watching the event, I was like, "Well, which one do you recommend to most people in most situations?" And it's, I mean, sure you can get a, a bigger battery, sure you can get a uh, extra camera. There's all, you know, that stuff exists out there. Obviously, OLED for me, but you have to realize it's a wide variety of customers out there on planet Earth, and cost sensitivity is something that really matters. It really colors an individual's choice, mm -hmm. and we're we're figuring that out more and more as this thing progresses and as we're seeing what works and doesn't work or works better or or not so much the name matters the name i think the i think the name really yeah. matters so that's the avenue Just to sum it up that's the <laughs> avenue i went down yeah i agree i totally agree you're with me on that yeah. iphone 11 how good does that sound i think iphone 11 sounds better like a like a product that sounds cleaner and better for me than 11 pro max yeah i'm fe it's all it feels uh it's a mouthful it just feels Gratuitous. Mm -hmm. See, I had to reach. I had to go find gratuitous in there. 
It was in there, though. Yeah. Just waiting for me to grab it. Anyhow, nonetheless, I'm, use, I'm still using the Pro non-Max. And the battery life, it's, uh, it's holding up. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Anyhow, going from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, how about the Samsung Galaxy Fold, which doesn't care about pricing at all? It's like, this is the future. You shall pay for the future. Mm. You want to enter this party? We got a cover charge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> When's the last time you paid a cover charge? Well, I haven't done that in a while. Oh, man, it's been... Uh... Maybe for a UFC event or something. 20 yeah. bucks or yeah. I don't know. Is it 20 bucks for some bars and things for UFC event? 20 bucks? I think uh, the one in Mississauga is around 10. 10, okay. 10. 10's a little more reasonable yeah. just to see a fight. but It's like a big bodyguard there just hanging out. Takes your ID? Yeah. Looks you up and down? 10 bucks, man. I was like, Does oh. he pat you down? No, no. no. Were, were you hoping he would? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on to the Galaxy Fold end of the spectrum. It is the future. You shall pay for the future. Uh, the device was recently, the new device, the fixed device, was recently tested. Who tested it, Will? Was it CNET? CNET, yeah. CNET tested it. Good for them. They put it in their very own folding robot. Now, I don't know if you guys recall the original Galaxy Fold event. Uh, they showcased this kind of this <clears throat> robot opening and closing the first version of Galaxy Fold 200,000 times uh, to, to, to showcase kind of the projected lifespan because they obviously assumed that people would be curious about that if they invested in a device like this. Like, how many times can I open and close it? How many years am I using it for? So CNET uh, did what CNET does. They tested it for themselves. They put it in their very own robot. And I think they did a live stream, in fact, opening. Yeah, Will found it. There yeah. it is. A live stream opening and closing the thing. Look at that cool little robot. Now, important to note, their robot opening and closing the fold way faster, a more yep. acceleration. It looks a little on the open part. It looks a little more, takes it to a point of rigidness. Right. It's a, just a less gentle robot, I should say. But who knows? Maybe a better map to mm -hmm. the way a human would interact with it yeah more rough and just want to get to it this may <laughs> easy man this this may be a better indicator of what human interaction over time would be like even then i think humans might be even more rough than than even this rough robot yeah uh, just a quick note here the reason you're making why... notes right now <laughs> you're making quick notes did you put the finger like this you put the finger well they were hoping to have the screen on but since it was so fast um actually like it, it can't display the fact that it's opening and closing so quickly interesting so it's just constantly just off the display doesn't have enough time to pop on because yeah. of the acceleration yeah. of the thing interesting okay well uh, eventually the thing fa uh, fails as expected if samsung in their optimal environment because when you first told me about this will my reaction was okay room temperature humidity External criteria, you know, Samsung, they probably got dust-free zones for testing. Mm -hmm. uh, no offense to CNET here, but this looks like it's just on like a desk kind of similar to what we have around here. Just throw it on a desk. It's a cool robot, though. I might want one of those. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's a cool robot. Open-close robot. <laughs> kind of singular functionality, though. Folding phone. Uh -huh. What else are you going to fold up and down? Maybe the robot can do different things. Anyhow. 
This robot folds it 120,169 times, and at which point the device fails. Although it does say it may have failed sooner because the screen wasn't on, so I don't even know how they knew yeah, that was the moment they, at which uh, it failed. It's all very confusing. I think it ended at 100,000. But what? Then, like, they stopped the stream. Oh, so they checked at 100,000. Yeah, and then they kept going, but I don't know. There, there's not footage of it. Um, okay, I don't know so, if they were so presumably they checked it at 100,000. Maybe the next check was 150. It died somewhere between 100,000 and 120,000, according to Willie Do, according to CNET. Well, the hinge was kind of wonky afterwards, mm -hmm. and then the screen was broken. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. So there's a line that shows up down the screen, and then only one half. The right half of the display is still functioning. The left half is blacked out. So, I mean, the thing is dead. The thing dies somewhere in between 100,000 and 120,000. How much this matters, of course, depends on, well, it depends on a number of things. It depends on how robust you expect this device to be in the first place. It depends on how much life or usage you expect to get out of it with the fold-unfold situation, how many years you want to use it for. And, of course, it comes down to the type of customer the Fold aims to attract and how often that individual is upgrading the devices they use. Because it has that premium sticker price, because it's so on the fringe of what, of what a smartphone can look like in 2019, I think a lot of early adopters that gravitate towards it are the type that probably upgrade fairly frequently. And if that's the case, they may never make it to 100,000 folds in the first place. But it is interesting to see nonetheless, and it's nice to see the test coming from a third party and not just Samsung themselves. Of course, some people are going to be upset that in Samsung's testing, it reached 200,000, and here it basically only reached 100,000. But nonetheless, we have some degree of uh, confirmation here, I suppose that it's at least this this robust, but it keeps it keeps leading me back to the original, my original point of view on this device, even prior to them failing, prior to them re-releasing, my initial impression of this device when I held it and put it in a pocket is, woo, delicate. Mm -hmm. Delicate, woo! Delicate little fine piece of, I'm gonna take care, I'm gonna be easy on it. I never, ever interacted with it like a regular smartphone. I never had the same feeling of confidence, I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. I felt it for what it was. And when I switch over to the one in the box right over there, I'm gonna treat it that same way. Mm -hmm. Because I just, I feel like anyone who's a tech head, who's been in the game, who's been an enthusiast, you, you kind of know when you touch it, you're probably the type that takes care of your stuff. You're probably one of these people, you wipe it, you give it a wipe or something like that. If you're a meticulous individual, you can probably take care of it. If you're a bit rough, it ain't the phone for you. The story remains. Uh, well, you know how Go you know Google, how they have killed a lot of their products over the years? Mm. Shut them down. Yeah. Like, they get a product that turns into a disaster, and they're like, you know what? Get rid of it. They don't try to save it. You already no. saw this story. Like, you're just typing it in there. <laughs> well, introduce it to the audience. There. No, I know. You're typing it in there. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a little background. I you're, know. Jack's not. Uh, you're two steps ahead of me. On my screen there. You're two steps ahead of I'm me. I'm just priming up. You're five steps ahead of me. Guys, Willie Doo's getting too quick. We got to slow him down. Got to give him a drink or something. We got to slow him down. 
He's ahead of the game. Wow. Uh, yeah, so apparently in one of the Google offices, in order to prepare for Halloween, they put together their very own Google graveyard, an actual physical graveyard of all the various products that Google has killed over the years. I have to say, it's hard to do. I actually appreciate it about Google to just move on, mm -hmm. to just look at something that's not working and move on. And in some cases, in, as if you're looking at the products that they have killed, you kind of wish they killed it sooner, like Google Plus was leaking all this information. Right. Nobody was maintaining it. It just didn't need to stick around. And it's one of those things, you know, when you get like you get an athlete that refuses to retire mm. and then no team picks him up and the whole thing gets sad and, and you just don't want to go past your best before date. And you don't want them to get hurt either. No. You know? You, you, you just want it to all happen at the correct pace. And so sometimes in the world of software and hardware, uh, it's just time to bury an idea mm. and bury a product. And that's what Google has done. So in this graveyard over here, there's various products, including Google Plus, Google Wave, Google Reader, Google Buzz, Picasa, and Orchid. Uh, now, this is the point at which I ask you, Willie Do, which of those dead products... Uh, were you most mostly a user of like, or which one of them were you saddest to see go? Uh, I didn't use any of these. Not a single one. You never use Google there, Reader? Uh, no. You never use Google Buzz? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know. Buzz. It I, was it was kind of social networky, I think, yeah. or maybe that was Wave. I tried all of them. Oh yeah. Except for Orchid. But my my memory of many of them is is pretty slim, with the exception of Google Plus and Reader. Right. I did use Google Reader. Google News for me basically became Google Reader. Yeah, it kind of uh, they kind of evolved like some of these apps, like Inbox. I use Inbox. Oh, there's another one that's dead. Yeah, that could have been here in the graveyard. And that kind of flowed through Gmail. Mm -hmm. And Gmail was always there, but it just kind of like flowed through. But you know. Yeah, you're right. Some of these features and functions moved into various other apps that Google continued to, mm -hmm. to operate. Uh, I think people are still upset about the reader thing because there is some configurability with RSS stuff you can do right. that still might not exist in products like Google News. But for me, I moved over to news. I stopped trying to really uh, control my news feed from an RSS perspective. But nonetheless... Yeah, they're not concerned. They don't mind. They don't mind putting products to rest. And 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 I, for some reason, I kind of appreciate that. Just just move on. Know when to move on. Know when to fold them. Hmm. Know when to hold them. Know when to walk away. What's the remainder of, remainder of that? Who is that, Jack? Who, what's, what artist is that? You gotta know when to fold them. Know when to hold them. Know when. The gambler, Kenny Rogers. I was gonna say that because the Kenny Rogers roasters the chicken. We had one. We had a location. Does, do any of you guys remember that? Not just on Seinfeld. There was actually there. There were some local locations. I went there. It was the wood smoked. You taste the wood in the chicken. Is a uh, anyhow. That's his song there. It's very important to know when cut your losses mm -hmm. in life. You got to know when to do it. You yeah. move on. You start fresh. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, you, you, you use the excre excrement to fertilize the soil. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. The guy like you would do something like yeah. that. Build a farm. Anyway, uh, next up, T-Mobile is going to stop selling the OnePlus 7 Pro. Now, T-Mobile, this was a big, a big deal for OnePlus to get on a carrier of that scale in North America. They previously hadn't. T-Mobile is going to stop selling the OnePlus 7 Pro, not because they're getting out of the OnePlus business completely, but because they want to consolidate the product line and offering. And it appears that they feel like the OnePlus 7T is actually the more attractive package than the 7 Pro. And I don't know that they're wrong about that. They might be right, depending on the user, of course. The 7T, you get the, the little tiny notch which i always forget the name of i always say water drop notch but some have called it other things anyway it's the tiny little crown jewel looking notch which is barely there as opposed to the motorized camera of course you have the you also have the triple lens set up on the back of the 70 which is a totally different format teardrop teardrop notch teardrop. did i say water up see i did, i thought it wasn't teardrop because it's kind of negative why are you crying so I think they went with water drop, but honestly, uh, I don't I don't quite remember. So so T-Mobile, they're going to pull the 7 Pro. Apparently, OnePlus only accounted for 1.3% of sales in T-Mobile stores. So not really the the big success story maybe that OnePlus was looking for. I'm not sure what their projections were for for uh, moving product via T-Mobile, but it looks like the, maybe the price point w was an issue. As you know, OnePlus has consistently moved up market with that price point. Originally being tagged the flagship killer with a substantially lower price in around the $500 price point. The 7 Pro brought them all the way to 700 bucks? Seven, yeah, it brought them all the way to 700 bucks. And maybe sort of shifted the identity too far away from the core customer. I, I'm just speculating. I'm not saying that's the case. I used the 7 Pro for an extended period of time. Uh, it's still got some features you're not seeing elsewhere, like, like the 90 hertz display OLED. But then again, you put out the 7T. It has pretty much the best stuff from the 7 Pro, except it's cheaper by 100 bucks. Am I correct about that? It's a hundred bucks cheaper, right? Well, yeah. So that's going to launch on T-Mobile on October 18th, the 7T, and the 7 Pro will be phased out. And so you'll have to be okay with that. But I don't think it's such a big deal. I, I don't know which one I would recommend right now, but I, yeah. It's hard to say. Some people want the futuristic feel. They want the motorized camera. And so forth. Certainly, the pro version has that going for it. That sci-fi effect of oh, launch the front-facing camera, mm -hmm. bezel-less situation. But when it comes to practicality, functionality, I mean, the 7T is going to do basically the exact same thing yeah. for a hundred bucks less. So I kind of see where T-Mobile's coming from. We'll see if they have more success with it. It comes back to our earlier topics about where that price sensitivity lives. It appears to me, Will, that it's right. It's almost like right in that $100 range, somewhere between six and $700. Yeah. Just like Apple seemed to figure out with their um, uh, model 
they decided to drop it 50 bucks from the 10R to get below that 700 tick. Mm -hmm. Maybe for OnePlus, that uh, that same effect takes place at the $600 tick. Maybe, yeah. It's possible. I don't know. I'm out here. I'm speculating. I'll say it. I'm guessing. We'll see what happens with the T model. And we'll see what One, how OnePlus approaches pricing from this point forward if they have maybe also found their price threshold at that $700 price point. We have some new AirPods coming. I mean, obviously, there's new AirPods coming. You got to believe a wildly popular product. They got to be working on the next version. Uh, the second version, AirPods 2, wasn't really a new version. They, Apple, did they claim, even claim it sounded different? I can't remember, but it did also introduce the wireless charge case, though you can buy that independently from the actual earbuds. But not a revamp. Not, a, not an obvious revamp to the typical average user. Apparently, that's set to change if these rumors are to be believed. And the AirPod 3 will see an all-new design. So there was an icon uncovered in the first iOS 13.2 beta, which seemed to show some much different looking AirPods. Mm. Much to, to me, I know it's just a, a vector type of image here. To me, they look far more high fidelity. Just glancing at that, they, they look like a product with more emphasis on sound because there's this indication of an of a, a interchangeable ear tip on there. Right. And what looks like a bigger driver unit. Mm -hmm. So this leaks out. And then a few weeks ago, there's these alleged components that show up. Uh, th these leaked components that show up. It says 52audio.com, some, some picture here. And these earbuds look a lot like the ones in the, in the leaked software image. Minus the internal components, just the external shell. And... What I mean, if if you're to believe the whole package deal together, then what you're looking at in the form of those shells is a much bigger internal volume to fit audio components. Mm. These things are more bulbous. They're more uh, circular, rounded, oval. They have a much different shape. And so, of course, my take is, all right, maybe Apple heard some people's complaints in relationship to sound quality or 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 i'll give you another speculation here maybe they keep airpods too and maybe these are not airpods 3 at all maybe this is another headphone product because of the wildly popular airpods maybe this is an airpods plus or wait pro pro hang on a minute are we doing work today huh seems like it you and i yeah. We might be doing something today. I don't know. Maybe not. This could be a complete disaster. We're just mm -hmm. talking, making noises. We're just making noises with our mouths right now. That's all it is. Anyway, so if anything, if this is something you've been waiting for, it looks like it's uh, it's at least a possibility at this point, and I don't see why not. If I'm Apple, go for it. We have our pal Ben Geskin. He did his very own slick render of these proposed AirPods 3, and in his render, it's of course based on the leaks, as it usually would be. In his render, he has this angular design to the tails that typically come down from AirPods, and it really does change the appearance pretty significantly of 
the overall AirPod package. Much like some people were critical of the sound quality in the past, some were also critical of the toothbrush look. You know, Will, uh, there were a lot of memes, AirPods memes yeah. that came out. Just by putting that tail on an angle, like this image that you're showcasing right now, it kind of changes the impression of the product mm -hmm. a little bit. Less of a toothbrush. Yeah, it doesn't really hang down. It kind of. It's like, a bit shorter. Yeah. It's a bit shorter and it moves towards the mouth. Now, also, you bake in that design, move towards the mouth, you also possibly improve microphone performance for taking phone calls and mm -hmm. so forth. So who knows? It could be an AirPod 3. It could be an AirPod Pro. It could be an AirPod Plus. It could be nothing at all because at this point, it's a rumor. Though I do think I can totally see Apple moving towards a product like this. Maybe not exactly like the render, but just a, a higher fidelity version of what they're currently making. There's no reason they shouldn't. Count the cash, popular product. All right, now this one... This builds on a story from the previous episode. You heard about the smart the smart summon stuff with Tesla, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's talking about it. You got all these clips emerging, people in parking lots, moving the car around, remote control car, car acting sporadically. You even got, what, who's that guy? Trevor Noah. He's even cracking jokes on Tesla now. Mm. So it's hard out there. You want to innovate. You want to be an Elon Musk type character. It's hard out there. It's fun. It's, it's fun to poke fun. That's why it's yeah. called poking fun which is what people do. Uh, but this story, this kind of, this one really messed me up. You have a driverless Tesla in smart summon mode being summoned and getting pulled over by the police in, vid in a video, creating a modern conundrum of which who is to blame for any decision that the self-driving summoned vehicle makes while driverless. You would assume the driver would be responsible, but in this video, that's not quite what happens. The, the individual, what is the channel here? It's uh, Drag Racing, Street Racing, Drag, drag times. times. Drag Times is the YouTube channel. So this guy for like 13 minutes is just driving his Tesla Model 3 around a parking lot testing out different scenarios, seeing how it behaves, testing out the smart summon functionality and making a video about it like a lot of people have. Now, at some point in the video, while being smart summoned, the Model 3 goes through a stop sign. And when it does, a police officer in the distance catches it moving through the stop sign without stopping, at which point, the police officer pulls the car over, approaches the vehicle, realizes it's driverless, and is left scratching his head. Now, when I'm watching the video, I'm like, if I'm the cop, I'm noticing these guys filming, and I'm just going to walk straight over them and go, what are you doing with this car? But the cop's a nice guy. He, he kind of plays along a little bit. He goes, looks at the car. He talks to the guy. He has a little fun with it. You could tell, even for him, it's interesting to encounter a car without a driver being driven solely by technology. Who knows? Maybe he's a tech fan himself, the police officer. Mm -hmm. But we have this footage. He looks in the car, at which point he approaches the owner and says, okay, so you saw that it blew the stop sign, but I don't know what to do. And they're, they're left there looking at one another, at which point the cop finally 
decides, I can't give you a ticket. I can't, even though it went through the stop sign, I can't give you a ticket. You weren't driving. What are we going to do? Now, the whole thing has a weird, awkward vibe to it. And I know immediately you did what people on the internet do. Immediately Will said, what am I, is this real? Is this a mm -hmm. setup? Will's just a guy on the internet. Sometimes he's in the world. Sometimes he's on the internet. The cop looks a little too nice. I don't know. <clears throat> I know. Maybe he's I a know. tech head or something. But It kind of messed me up, too, because he's kind of smirking and he's having a good time. And cops aren't usually like that. But... He looks very official. His vehicle looks official. They blanked out they blanked out the cop car number in the video on the side of it. He does hand him the license and registration. So I don't know. A lot of people are speculating on whether or not it's fake or real. And if it is, but if it isn't, let's say it isn't fake or let's say it is real. Mm -hmm. Regardless, let's just play it out. Assume that this happens. Is the person responsible? Does the person get the ticket if they haven't committed the infraction? But an inanimate object, a vehicle that they own, has been out there committing infractions. If your yeah. robot is out there committing infractions, are, can you be held accountable? You see where we're going? You see the problem we have here, Will? Mm -hmm. If you have a dog and it goes out and attacks somebody, you can be held accountable in certain right. circumstances. Right. But we, we, you have pre-existing laws and precedent cases for that. This is so new that the stuff doesn't exist. And I'm sitting there thinking, even if I'm the cop, what can I do if I don't have a precedent? Right. Well, how do I know if he goes and fights it in court, who's really wrong and who's really right? He did not go through. This man did not go through a stop sign. The car made the bad decision to go through the stop sign. Yeah. It's so complex, Will. And in this case... I know you think I'm, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be dramatic here. Mm -hmm. In this case, it just went through a stop sign. But imagine it was something more severe. Yeah. You get into this really weird zone of trying to figure out what you do about it. and trying to figure out how you, how you move on from it. Now, for the record, I'm not trying to sh uh, shut down the technology. I, you know, I'm out here. I root for technology. Mm -hmm. But this one has brought up all kinds of philosophical questions. And the clips I'm seeing up until this point of the, how this thing's behaving in parking lots, I'm not sure it's ready right now. Mm -hmm. That's just based on what I've seen. I haven't seen everything, and I don't have the vehicle, but based on, on what I've seen and the way people are using it, yes, not the technology itself, the way pe people are using it could be a problem. Yeah, I, I think um, some people, at least right now, don't consider this smart summon as a utility, but more of like a funny gag that yeah. they can impress people with right so maybe in time it'll get better it, it will get better eventually but right now it's definitely not right. i know you and i were talking previously we were both we, we both came to the conclusion that if we had one of these vehicles these are expensive vehicles nice vehicles we're not going to be smart summoning yeah. it yeah <laughs> we're, we're not in a parking lot let alone yeah. we talked about before parking lot is no man's land parking lot is uh, is chaos on its own Without this extra variable, who yeah. knows? One day when they all figure out their own business and everything's autonomous, that's going to be a little easier. But humans are unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Not just the humans initiating the smart summon, but also the humans in the parking lot making their very own decisions and how they're driving their vehicles and so forth. It turns out the parking lot far less predictable than the motorway, mm -hmm. as far as I can tell. But what a crazy story. Uh, now, I got, a, I got a cool one here, kind of a, a positive a positive story to 
end of the episode, Breakthrough Technology takes plastic from the ocean and uses it to make more plastic. <laughs> no, but it's good because up until this point, believe it or not, it's been very difficult to turn ocean plastic back into usable plastic, which would be the most obvious thing to, the place to put it. So Coca-Cola showcased some technology where they were able to create a high-quality Coca-Cola product and plastic bottle made out of 25% ocean plastic. So as opposed to the stuff just staying out there floating around, there may be some incentive to go collect it because now you can turn it into a commercial product. You can earn some money on it, so maybe you're going to do it. Now, presumably at the moment, it's probably not the most cost-effective solution to go pull this stuff out of the ocean to turn it back into new plastic bottles. They could probably make new ones for cheaper. But the proof of concept is there now, and maybe there could be some incentivization, motivation. Maybe people will pay a little bit more. Will's got the nastiest vote of these plastic islands. My goodness, it's pretty wild out there in the ocean. He even got Jack shaking his head over there. But anyhow, they retrieved uh, 300 sample. No, they made 300 sample bottles. They retrieved a bunch of marine plastic. They don't say exactly how much from the Mediterranean Sea and beaches for this particular project. And it's actually the first time it's ever been done. It's the first ever plastic bottle made using marine plastic, which kind of surprised me when I read it. I was like, doesn't that seem obvious? turn the plastic into more plastic but it's far more complicated than it seems this stuff is volatile it breaks down and then you can't reuse it the way the original for the original functionality with the with the type of plastic that's currently being used for bottles but the reason it was kind of unbelievable to me when i read it that it's the very first bottle made from marine plastic bottles is because of these shoes that i had these shoes so these ones are i believe it's pronounced parley they're Ultra Boost shoes, obviously, from Adidas. But when I bought them, I was curious, like, what, what's this Parley situation all about? This is a collab between Adidas and, and another company specializing in uh, retrieving marine plastics from the ocean as well. And so they teamed up and found a way to turn those marine plastics into some of the thread that's used on this actual upper, uh, this actual knit of this shoe is came from the ocean, Will. That's an ocean shoe. That's a water shoe right there. So that's a, that to me, I was like, I assumed that there were all kinds of industrial applications for this marine plastic. But it turns out it's just very labor intensive to turn it into usable stuff that isn't, uh, that isn't itself a plastic product in the end. So anyhow, point being, it's all very complicated. Can't, uh, you can't snap your fingers to solve the, the world's problems, Will. But we may very well see uh, marine plastic. You might drink, Will, from the same plastic you drank from when you were seven years old. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They go retrieve the marine plastic. They've been floating there for the last, you know, 26 years, 27 years. Mm -hmm. Whenever you drank it, they go retrieve it. Coca-Cola turns it back into a new bottle. You pick that up. 25% of that bottle came from your old bottle. Willie wow. do drinking from the same bottle 20 years later. Comes back full circle. It's later. a possibility now. Mm. It's a real possibility. I might have your old bottle in these shoes right now when I wear them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just a cool idea. 
You can imagine if it can become commercially viable to the point where that stuff is actually worth something to industry. You could imagine these giant boats out there just right. with incentive to collect this, gobble it up because mm -hmm. they can use it for something. That's the key. You have to be able to use the stuff for another commercial product to br bring the correct amount of incentive to the problem. That's yeah. the best way to do it. So anyhow, there you have it. Lots going on. Nice story to end the day. Willie, dude, what do you want to say to the people out there in the world? Um, Jack, the ones and twos, good job. You did good. That's all I have to say. I gave you a moment well, out here, and you used your moment are you, uh, for Jack. <laughs> you used your moment to shout wait, out wait, Jack. Wait, hold on. Segue here. Are you going to watch The Joker? Oh, The Joker. Yeah. You want to talk about The Joker? It's coming out. Actually, it is. It's out. not The Joker. It's just Joker. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would like I would like to watch it. Movie. I would like to watch it. It comes out tonight. Uh, last night. Oh, last night. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna have time this weekend, but uh, maybe we'll do a team. Maybe we gotta we do should. a team event. That's what a jo I was about team to Joker. Say. Team Joker event Monday. Yeah. We'll think about it. Uh, you guys, let us know if you think that's a good idea. All right, Will. You nailed it. You killed it. You did. You read the sponsor. <laughs> yeah. It was Which, a struggle, by the way, but, Will uh, was very nervous about that. Okay, yeah. to be clear. I'm reading the sponsor. Am I doing it live? What if I screw it up? Whatever. I think he did a great job. Give him a round of applause. He'll never hear it. Well, he'll hear that one from Jack. Yeah. Thanks, and uh, I guess if you want to sponsor the podcast, you can hit up Will. Will at loulater.com so that we can keep doing it. Because we want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to save the oceans after all. Yeah.